Welcome to the African Tech Roundup, episode 61 for the week ending Monday, June 13th, 2016. This is where we round up the week's most important tech, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemasugu, really glad to have you join me. Uh, Keep it locked right there because later on in the show... I'll be sharing part of a conversation I recently had with Charles Murray. Uh, Charles is the director of a messaging and internet calling service called Trumpet. They're looking to capture a big share of the digital vouchering market on the continent. He chatted to me about both the perks and the pressures of growing a startup that's a subsidiary of a relatively successful tech group that's backed by one of the continent's wealthiest entrepreneurs, Patrice Mutsepe. Now, that's all coming up later. In the meantime, though, if you're listening in for the first time, an extra special welcome to you. Happily, all our past episodes are available to binge on at africantechroundup.com, so go ahead and catch up. We love hearing from you, so do keep your comments coming on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at African Roundup, or just post something on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup. And of course, if you'd like to be part of the show, we'd love to receive uh, your audio comments on any of the topics that we cover here on the show. Speak up and let us share your comments with the rest of Africa by sending us an email to hello. Hello at africantechroundup.com. Before we go any further, though, this episode of the African Tech Roundup is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is offering listeners of the African Tech Roundup a 30-day free trial to put their service to the test. Now, FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing software that's designed to help freelancers and small business owners get organized, save time invoicing, and most importantly, get paid faster. To find out what all the fuss is about and try it out for free, Head to gofreshbooks.com forward slash African Tech. And now it's straight to this week's headlines. First up, only a week after hackers breached Mark Zuckerberg's Twitter and Pinterest accounts, it appears a Russian hacker is flogging 32 million Twitter passwords on the dark web. Now, Twitter and Pinterest aren't the only social media platforms to be attacked in recent weeks. You'll remember LinkedIn recently was taken for something like 117 million passwords, MySpace for 360 million, Tumblr also for 360 million account credentials. Now, all these breaches are said to be linked to compromised user data on BitTorrent forums, Pinterest, and internet-based remote access and support software platform TeamViewer. Now, it certainly seems like nobody's safe, y'all. Not even if you're a user of the Master Password store LastPass. So what you might want to do is go ahead and pause this podcast and go and change your passwords. Yep. To South Africa next, where Kaleidoscope, which was previously known as the South African Institute for the Blind, while they've opened an Apple training center that aims to empower the blind and visually impaired with skills in technology for the labor market. They've done this in the little town of Worcester in the Western Cape of South Africa, and um, they aim to train at least 400 students in the first year of operation. Uh, They're equipped with iPhones, iPads, MacBook Airs, Mac Minis. It's basically an Apple party up in there. All the latest Apple technology. They plan to start training with the basics of voiceover, which is the Apple accessibility tool for the blind, and they will focus on using tech for both personal and business use. Now, there's Apple looking to coin the word voiceover the way they did podcast, you know? Well, at least it's for a good cause, so big up to them. Staying with South Africa, though, a quick update on the acquisition of the micro-jobbing site that went shopping for a buyer. I'm talking about money for jam. The, the secret of who 
bought them is finally out. They were bought by a company called Informal Solution Providers, which is a subsidiary of the Johannesburg-based tech group DNI. M4Jam's new owner says that the platform currently has an active user base of 1 million people. Uh, they do plan to reward the 130,000 remaining jobbers on the platform. Uh, they have said, though, that there aren't any immediate paid opportunities uh, or, or micro jobs on the site for the moment. DNI CEO Richard Dunn says that they are, quote unquote, crowdsourcing ideas for how to relaunch. I'm not sure what that means exactly, but I do imagine that they will be looking to repackage it and come to market rearing and ready to go. Uh, we'll be watching. To Kenya now, where the country suffered from a nationwide blackout last Tuesday that lasted for several hours. The sole company responsible for electricity distribution in Kenya, Kenya Power, put out a statement blaming the outage on, get this, a monkey tripping a transformer at a major power station. Yes, folks, a monkey. Now, according to the statement, at 11.29 a.m., a monkey climbed on the roof of the Gitaru power station and dropped onto a transformer, causing it to trip. Um, this then in turn apparently caused other machines at the power station to trip uh, and create an overload that resulted in a loss of more than 180 megawatts of power and then triggered the nationwide blackout. Needless to say, as expected, Kenyan Twitter <laughs> went bananas. Uh, killer themes went into circulation mocking that notion that a lone monkey could cut off an entire country's power supply. It must be some monkey, hey? <laughs> Oh, that was funny. That was a good one. Now, meanwhile, in Cameroon, a certain author, Zhang, uh, also trended on social media this past week for winning the 2016 Africa Prize for Engineering Innovation. Now, author's innovation is called the CardioPad, a portable tablet device that's used to diagnose heart problems and send the results through mobile phones to heart surgeons for interpretation. Now, the Africa Prize for Engineering Innovation is a contest for ambitious and talented sub-Saharan African engineers from all disciplines, and they come together to apply their engineering skills to develop scalable solutions to local challenges. Now, congratulations to Arthur Zhang for the stellar achievement. Now, that is one worthy of trending on social media. <laughs> a monkey, not so much. To Nigeria next, where we've heard it all before... MTN this, MTN that. If you've been living under a rock for the last year or so and have no idea uh, what kind of troubles MTN has been facing on the continent uh, in, the, in the last several months, particularly Nigeria, then just go check out episode 46 and 51 of the African Tech Roundup. Uh, however, the latest in the MTN versus Nigerian regulators debacle is that the whole mess could indeed be over finally after something like eight to nine months of negotiation and power struggle. Now, word is the $5.1 billion fine that the Nigerian Communications Commission initially imposed against MTN for flouting SIM card registration regulations has now been reduced to $1.7 billion. And MTN is said to have accepted this figure and the terms that come with it. It's been reported that one of the conditions of the settlement is that MTN uh, must list MTN Nigeria on the Nigerian Stock Exchange. Uh, I'd imagine this is to curb the problematic matter of the unimpeded expropriation of profits that MTN has been making in what is their largest market. So if the 20% jump in MTN stock price on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange last Friday is anything to go by, uh, I'd say that MTN shareholders are likely to experience some relief after the crazy ride they've had over the last several months. As far as we're concerned, we won't be surprised one bit if this isn't the last we hear about it. And of course, if anything changes or any updates come through, we'll make sure you're the first to know.
Uh, but staying with Nigeria, a few months ago, you might recall the CEO of my phone, Alpesh Patel, being on the show, uh, celebrating the enforcement of an injunction brought up by his company uh, in Nigeria that led to the halt of sales of the My line of devices by Xiaomi, which is, of course, their Chinese competitor. Now, it turns out that the injunction has since expired, and Xiaomi has responded by putting their devices back on sale. Now, the injunction claimed that Xiaomi's My series of devices could be confused for My Phone's devices, as their names are quite similar. However, the expiry means that Xiaomi's recently launched My 5, the My Note, and the Red My will now be available for sale once again. Now, my take is uh, My Phone won round one by being able to protect their trademark in Nigeria. However, Xiaomi seems to be winning round two. And it remains to be seen what my phone will do next. We will keep you posted. And finally, a new mobile app called The Ease is set to be launched uh, with the ambitious aim of improving the diagnosis of neglected diseases on the continent. Now, E stands for Equal Access to Scientific Excellence, and it's been developed to boost the diagnosis of neglected diseases at the point of care across the continent. Now, the app is set to be rolled out by the African Network for Drugs and Diagnostics Innovation, ANDI, in collaboration with the China-based Ease MedTrend Biotech. These guys are hoping to bypass the use of sophisticated and expensive lab instruments, which are difficult to use in many parts of of Africa, which are resource poor. They're hoping to be able to scale the app and expand to incorporate a number of different tests, including routine lab diagnoses, such as blood and urine analysis, as well as tests for a number of communicable and non-communicable diseases that affect millions across the continent. So this is exciting stuff. It's the kind of stuff that really, as far as tech is concerned, innovation is concerned, really gets me excited about the potential of our continent and indeed the potential of our people. However, speaking of mobile apps, as promised, I'm about to play you a clip from a conversation I had with Charles Murray, who is a director of the messaging and internet calling app Trumpet. This is Trumpet with a double T at the beginning, uh, not to be confused with the musical instrument. <laughs> Nevertheless, here is Charles telling me why he reckons that Trumpet isn't just another mobile app. And he shares with me some of the perks and pressures of growing a startup uh, that is a subsidiary of a relatively successful tech group, which is backed by one of the continent's wealthiest entrepreneurs, Patrice Mozepe. Take a listen. I think it's fair to say, though, that uh, speaking now specifically about Trumpet, um, that the, you know, the app-building craze on the continent, I think, is dying down. And uh, somewhat, I mean, relative to, say, a year or two ago where there were hackathons everywhere and, you know, anyone who wasn't building an app wasn't cool. What sort of pressure do you feel now specifically in terms of Trumpet? Do you feel for that app not to be just another app in the app store? Well, we, we quickly realized, so we, we, we looked at um, our first challenge. We wanted to change the communication labs landscape. So, but we wanted to change the communication landscape and at the same time do something for people um, and solve a problem. So, so we, we developed the chat and the, and the talk with our partners. So you can trumpet to trumpet for free. You can do all your full chat functionality. But also in trumpet, we also built a full marketing uh, loyalty and campaign uh, digital system. So all the business can promote themselves into Trumpet for free, and if they want to make offers, they can put a, they'll, they'll, they'll pay us a monthly fee. Uh, we went out to 1,000 businesses, 950 said, yes, that's a great idea, we like it, we, we want to do it. So within Trumpet, you can find all the businesses around you, and the businesses are able to talk to the community. Um, and 
And so, so we believe apps have got to solve. N- th- it's no longer now you can build an app and it goes out there for a while, like wildfire, and everyone downloads it and says this is fantastic. It's a, they're no more gimmicks and apps. They have to solve a problem. So the first problem we solved was the um, the fact that businesses can communicate with the, the, their communities. And the second one we've been very focused on recently is um, the security channels that we've built. Um, and in South Africa, we've approached. Uh, the most of Pretoria, large parts of Joburg, Port Elizabeth, uh, Cape Town, all the residents associations and, and um, CPFs, community policing forums, and we said, and we've given them product that can solve their current problem. I, d- I don't even think it has to be an app, but if something is not solving a problem, people don't have the time for it. What is the business model, though? How does this make um, how does this make Fastcom money? We we gain consumers by solving their problems, and uh, we allow merchants to promote themselves to those consumers, and we we generate income from the merchants. What's the what's the business acquisition cycle like? So we um, we today, in fact, if you go and download Trumpet, you'll get version two. So we're now going. We we've approached um, a lot of the CPFs and resident association countrywide, and we said, please don't approach all your residents as yet, because we're waiting for our, our version two product to come out. And um, I said, but as of next week, we'll say, please go go to all your residents. And then say in Pretoria, we'll get X amount of residents. Uh, we've partnered up with one of the, um, we're just finalizing agreements, so I can't mention any names, but one of the big IT players in South Africa um, who deals sp- uh, specifically with lots of SMEs. And um, we say they're going to be promoting Trumpet, the Trumpet uh, merchant uh, platform to their merchants. Um, and they will go out there and say, look, in Pretoria, we have X amount of users. You can market yourselves here at this great rate. Uh, because we, we're looking at, at um, offering a, s- a service that businesses want, because right now they're struggling to promote themselves, unless you're very large and you can go on TV like the big players. But other than that, the, ma- the general businesses find it very difficult to tell people what is happening and tell them what, what their offers are or even just whether they're fully booked or, or anything. So we offer them a great, we offer 299 rand a month, and they can come on board and they can have as many offers, um, as many specials, or they can just tell people on a digital blackboard what they're actually doing. So why would they not use what's already out there, uh, run Facebook campaigns or Twitter campaigns, Google ads and that kind of thing? What's the, what's the big sell on, on, on your platform? Uh, the big sell is that you're talking to people in your area, specifically. It's sort of been proven, or not proven, but it's a, it's a general uh, accepted that if you're going to a local business, you're not going to travel more than five kilometers as the crow flies. So if you need to go to your hardware store, your doctor, your dentist, your restaurant, your coffee shop, you're not going to go and drive 20 kilometers. So with us, uh, it's geolocated. It comes what's happening around me, and everything around you comes up. And the community, know, the community um, is already on Trumpet uh, due to the security channels, and then they see what's happening at the businesses around them. Sounds expensive, I think, to, to sort of sign up all these businesses and then what hopefully in, the, in turn get them to sign up their, their customers. No, we sign up the customers first. Okay, so you go to to me as an end user and incentivize me to, well, encourage me to to download the app. You, you in theory, should download the app for the security or for the ward channel that we're building, um, and um, and then you'll go, well, what's happening around me? And you say, oh, look at that, that coffee shop around the corner. Uh, there's the doctor. There's the dentist. Um, there's the restaurant. And you look at that. Okay, so explain the security aspect. So I download the app. I benefit from security how? Okay. So what the security channel does is currently the challenges that the CPFs um, and the residents associations or any security association is facing is communication. They initially started out sending emails, but it's long and tedious. If you take some areas where you have over 20,000 people sending out 20,000 emails, 
is uh, convoluted and difficult. I mean, you get these endless responses. And I'm also part of a one uh, WhatsApp group for my, for my area, which is highly annoying. Well, that's exactly it. So, and, then, and then people started using WhatsApp. Now, WhatsApp is a great product. Um, and it's being utilized in this case for not specifically what it's designed for. WhatsApp is an instant messaging platform that works brilliantly. Uh, when uh, the, the one uh, area of concern it has is for, it only has 256 members per group. So when you go to the larger areas, they have like some, some groups, some areas have over 20 WhatsApp groups. And someone's trying to manage all of this. Um, and then also um, the information going through, it's instant messaging, it's ping, ping, ping. Somebody at the top says, we saw two suspicious uh, people in a white a golf. Someone else says, have you seen my cat, Toby? And the messages go on and on and on. And it'll eventually you say, it's going in one, one ear and out the other. Um, and, that, and that's a challenge with it. And those are the two issues we've overcome. With Trumpet, the Trumpet Security Channel, you can go join it. You can have um, uh, as many users as you want. Uh, and uh, so you can get up to 10,000 users on the same security channel that we crowdsource the information so that the, the, um, the man on the street can put his information in. The CPF that controls it can say, yes, I'm happy with that. I'm going to allow that through. I'm going to allow that through. I'm going to allow that through. Because there's obviously certain things you don't want to be posting, uh, pictures of people, for instance. Um, and then that message gets pushed out to everybody. You as a consumer at the same time have the ability to go and comment and say, oh, I also saw that car. You can geolocate the information. Um, and you also can say that I, I only want to view certain types of crime. I uh, only want to get pinged on something that like suspicious behavior. Everything else I'll go look at when I'm ready. So you're not having this constant uh, information being pushed at you, which is at an Im inappropriate time for you. You choose when you want to, when you want to see it and how you want to see it. It sounds like Slack almost, but then I, I see some differences in as far as being kept out of certain conversations you don't want to be a part of, or certainly not being notified about, about every single thing that comes through a certain channel. Yes, I mean, th th that's exactly it. We want the um, consumers to choose what they want. If you have a product that you don't like and is annoying you, you're going to switch it off for that particular use case. So, so we've tried to overcome that and say, well, you choose what you want to get through. And when you're sitting at home one night and you've got time and you want to see everything that's happening around you, you can go and switch those back on and you can view it. You can view it on, on um, nicely viewed topical information. And then you can also view all the incidents on a map. And you can say, oh, okay, well, actually, now I'm getting a big, I get a picture now of what is happening in my area and what is going on. Um, and also what we're allowing, uh, what we've been asked to do by the CPFs, and we're doing it now, is that the guy, so you get all the different CPFs, and in some sectors, in some areas, you have seven sectors because they're so large. And we allow the guy at the top who sits at the Gauteng information, he can pull all that information up. And he can generate reports of everything that's happened around in the whole of Pretoria, for instance. And then he can sit there and he can say, right, this is what's happened. And the CPFs work very closely with the police. And then they can say, right, we have this and you have this. Where's the discrepancy and why is there a discrepancy? And is there a discrepancy? Maybe it's all perfect. But we're giving a some, some voice back to the people on the streets. So what kind of volumes are necessary for this to be a business success? Okay, because it obviously sounds like a great idea, as was Impesa, as was M4Jam. <laughs> Yeah, money for jam was a great idea. This sounds like a great idea. Uh, what sort of success metrics are you tracking feverishly? Um, right now, we're still, in the, we're still in the build phase. So we believe we have a solution, and we believe that's a solution that people need. We haven't sat in front of any residents association, community police forum, or security company who said, go, this is no good. So the metrics will be in the long run, um, and you have to walk, walk the path and you have to get numbers on, and, and, and there'll be time. There'll be a long time before you're generating income, and before you actually get there. I mean, if, even if you look at WhatsApp, for instance, right now, you know they're not actually 
pushing any advertising at you to generate income. So you don't, we don't, most people don't pay for their WhatsApp service. So we know we've got to walk a path. Uh, we know it's going to be a challenging path, but we've factored it in. Uh, we have ideas of the numbers we've got to reach. They're not f interesting enough. They're not that too challenging. Um, sometimes it's more focused in areas uh, rather than spread uh, around, around uh, very thinly. So yeah, we've got a long way to go, but we're, we, we've got the resources to do it. And so what kind of runway, speaking of resources, what kind of runway does Fastcom offer a great idea like this that may take like WhatsApp, who knows how many years before it even turns a single, a single rand or dollar? Um, at the moment, uh, look, it's not a never-ending runway, uh, without a doubt. But every, 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 every time we offer a new product and we get, we get the inputs and we get the users downloading it and we get more usage and then we get the businesses involved, every step of the way, you know, uh, we're, we're allowed to continue. Uh, if we hit a brick wall, then we hit a brick wall. Because yeah, it can be argued that certain businesses we've seen start to fail more recently. Let's take Impesa, for example, which uh, might have been given more opportunity to succeed than it should have, given I think they were trying to go for a certain, you know, certain uh, number of u uh, active users in three years. It took them six years, and they were nowhere near even a pinprick of, 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 the, of the target. At which point do the conversations in your organization turn to, listen, guys, maybe this is a waste of time. Maybe it's a great idea, but not worth um, throwing money at. Let's, let's put our resources elsewhere. What kind of conversations go around in that, in that space, you know, at Fastcom, at, at Trumpet? We, we generally have them on, on targets, but it's not necessarily download targets or revenue targets. It's like deal targets. We, we, we now have on the table a deal with a large worldwide international discounter who wants to rebrand Trumpet and utilize as their own app. So the moment you start getting that sort of traction, from, from, and they, they have six million clients, um, and we, we're also in discussions with one of the uh, big um, African telco players. You know, we're, we're, we're there and thereabouts. So we look at things like that happen, and you tick a big box. That things like that happen, you tick another big box, and then, and then you go into the next step. So Trumpet as a standalone brand, is not. we haven't put all our eggs into one basket in that case. Yeah, and I'm asking this question really on behalf of uh, startup founders who are listening to this, this conversation, who, who are currently bootstrapping their operations, but probably in a much less enviable position th than you are. You obviously clearly uh, have the backing, financial backing support, and maybe access to markets that the average startup, say, working in a co-working space somewhere in Joburg or Accra or Lagos doesn't have. So how, how different would the decisions you'd be making be if you were bootstrapping this operation? Well, in a way, in some ways we are bootstrapping it. Me, I, I, myself as a shareholder, um, you, you still have to uh, potentially put money in or your shares reduce, uh, you dilute. So, you know, those are cha daily challenges. Well, not daily challenges. Those are challenges that come up in a period of time. I just think you have to be very aware of your market and you have to accept certain things. There the, are the big players out there and the, you've got the banking world, the insurance world, the retail world, the telco world, and, and, and et cetera. And you, these are big players. They're not going away. So I believe whatever you build, you, you need to bear them in mind. Don't, don't take them head on. You know, give them a solution at the same time. Um, where you, especially for when you're coming from Africa. So come from Africa and get out is extremely hard. It's easier to go to America and build it there. Uh, you know, there's, a, there's a lot more appetite for, for growth and that sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, we, I read in the papers and, and articles uh, of, you know, startups, they're here, they're gone. I mean, you spoke about M-Pesa. I mean, M-Pesa was incredibly successful in Kenya with Safaricom. It had a big 
partner backing it. It, had a di- it was solving an exact problem that Kenyans were facing. They brought it into South Africa. It had a big partner backing it. But it obviously, the, the same problems didn't exist in South Africa. Um, and, uh, and therefore, it didn't gain that market that it was necessary. And also timing. I mean, at the same time, if you look at M-Pesa, there were no, every, every single company, large brand, was throwing out a mobile banking solution. Um, so it faced a lot more competition. But let's talk about this world, an interesting time we live in, because no one seems content to stay in their lane. You've got Facebook that doesn't want to be called a, a social media platform anymore. Google's now Alphabet, whatever that is, uh, or whatever that's meant to mean. Mobile telcos are becoming serious mobile money players, like you've mentioned. Um, so how does this determine, how does this influence your strategy and, and what you decide to build, in which direction you decide to build? I mean, you, you mentioned WhatsApp, a great messaging platform. On some level, you are too. Um, Slack is doing incredible things or, you know, so that's, I guess, arguable depending who you speak to. Um, there's a number of disruptive players. There's WhatsApp, there's Skype, there's Slack and there's Trumpet, you know what I mean? And granted, there's there's potential, but how does this influence your strategy? Okay, so we, so first off, we, we're not, we are focusing on South Africa to solve local South African problems, so for people on the ground. So for you and me living here, it's got to solve a problem for us. So that's where we are. The WhatsApps um, and the Slacks, they are global platforms, right, um, who, who are focusing on, like WhatsApp is just instant messaging currently. Um, they do have an agreement. I mean, obviously, they're owned by Facebook. So if you start WhatsApping about you thinking of going to London, I would imagine you're going to start seeing adverts on Facebook about flights to London, um, which is you know, probably already happening. Um, whereas we're solving local problems. So we're not taking on WhatsApp. I'm not asking you to replace your, or delete WhatsApp from your phone and put Trumpet in there. Um, we believe every app will have some form of communication. Otherwise, it's just a mobile website. Um, if, if you have no communication or at least forums, what, whatever, whatever it is, whether it's a sporting app for Premier League football, you want to be able to talk to people. Otherwise, you're just reading the website in a different format. Um, so we believe everything will have communication in it. We had communication because we need, it crosses over our three areas of, uh, of our marketing platform and our security channel and our channels for security and wards. Um, so we You've said wards before. What's, what's a ward? So a ward, what we're building is um, there, uh, there are over 3,000 wards in South Africa, and each is run by a councillor. So it's a wards that have voted for ANC, FFDA, and that's an, an area of land and, and where people live. And then uh, if you have a problem in your ward, you would go to your councillor, and you would say, um, this isn't working or that's not working. In theory, the councillor is meant to have everything fixed um, or, or pushed to have it fixed. So right now what happens if you have a problem with electricity, you go to ESCOM, and everyone's going individually in all different areas. So say your streetlights aren't working. You know, you might report them, but you have no idea if anyone else has reported them. They might have never been reported. You might not report them because you think actually someone else is going to report them. So we're building a channel for the wards uh, where you can uh, very simply by clicks of buttons say, this is I've got a power problem or I've got a pothole problem or I've got a water pipe problem or I've got a refuse problem, geolocate you, quick information in there, bang, you report to the incidents. And we allow, we allow all uh, ward councillors to take advantage of that information that's being put in there, and they can do what they want with it. It also generates a lot of information about your area, about where you live. You can look on there and say, cheapest. Now, look, it's not just me. Look at all the different things that are happening here. We must put more pressure on the ward councillor to actually do something. And it lets people see what's happening. Because right now, we're a little bit voiceless as a, as a, as a community. We, 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 you know, we, we, we all talk about things, but we actually don't know. 
Um, and when, so this, this will be able to generate stats and say, all right, this is what's happening in your area. Gotcha. All right, then. Uh, something to you alluded to earlier, the, the fact that something like Mpesa was backed. You guys are backed. Uh, many startups out there are not. Um, given the, 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 the traction you've enjoyed in other spaces, the relationships you have via your investment team, via your shareholders, you're obviously in a, in a relatively comfortable position as far as being a platform that allows startups to develop, right? So my question to you is how important is being backed? For success, you alluded to it earlier, uh, but I mean, how how important is being backed, having the right sort of access to to resources, uh, influences, markets to try stuff out? Uh, how important has that been in your career so far in for in for Trumpet? It, it's very important. Um, you need different types of people to 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 get uh, a product built, get it marketed get it backed, get it sold, get it partnered up with people, with relationships. Um, I think it's incredibly important. You can have the best idea, it can disappear, no one hear about it. So it's fair to say that um, as great as an idea as you believe Trumpet is, chances are very good that if you didn't enjoy that, that you, know, you didn't have in place the things you just described probably wouldn't work? Yes. I can, you can have the best idea if you can't build it. Uh, people, uh, no, you're no longer... Um, promoting things on a, on, a, on a PowerPoint business plan. You need, you need the business plan and the product. It almost needs to be built. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, someone else is going to build it. And then you also need some market traction because others say, well, how do we know it works? Would you go as far as saying to some a developer listening to us right now, you've got this great idea, but you clearly don't have the capacity to build it right now. Don't build it until you do. Don't try get started or line those ducks up in a row first. What would you say? I would say build it and then take it to somebody who you believe has the right relationships to be able to get that product working. Okay, fair enough. So now let's go back to something you said that um, Trumpet is at the stage where it's, it's garnering this attention from, from other players that are looking possibly to license it, rebrand it, etc. How much of that was the the plan from the beginning how much how much time and energy did you guys go put into creating uh something i'd imagine is at this point proprietary we, we always built it on standards so that it could be rebranded because we were always aware that potentially our brand wasn't the right brand to go with uh potentially the brand might be a telco a bank a retailer uh depending which country you go to um, so we're, we've always had the outlook that we, can we would be potentially rebranding it. And so do you think that's something uh, startup founders could, can learn from, uh, something they should think about whenever they build something? Should, should that sort of mindset be driving how you build, what you build, with that in mind? In most cases, I would say yes. You would definitely have to keep in mind that the problem that you're solving is, is what is, is the business, not the brand that sits on top of it. So I would always keep an open mind on that. Um, the, uh, the, the days when uh, Facebook started and it just went through the world, like those days are pretty much over, I would say. Um, so I would, be, I would build good technology that solves some, some problem for consumers or for businesses. I would also very clearly see where, you're, where you are. Are you a business to business? Or are you business to consumer? Are you business to business to consumer? and understand that, and then talk to the right players in those areas. Are you suggesting that the whole unicorn concept might be dying slowly? No, I don't think so. I just think um, 
it'll be interesting to see what the next unicorn is. I've, I asked this question recently in another interview. If I, if we were down to the last million dollars, the last million dollars for the continent of Africa, and it was on you to spend it on an area in tech, <laughs> what would you do with it? The world and the continents is watching. We'll bate it breath. You're on reality t- television, <laughs> beaming to the continent right now. We want to see what you're going to do with this money. I spend it all on trumpet, and I change my name. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Um, I, I think you have to be realistic, and, and I would. Gee, a million dollars isn't a lot of money. I know it's not a lot of money. It's also just enough money to do something incredible if you do it right, but probably not enough to do something if you misexecute or don't execute correctly. Well, I, I would. I'd have to say. I think. Uh, you would have to look at something in the tech world to look at one of, the, one of the major problems in Africa, which is food and water. And I would have to say you've got to look in that direction. Okay, I can dig that. And so coming back to uh, you know, the, the, the world you currently inhabit, this mobile lifestyle uh, thing. I mean, this is, this is what you guys call the app, right? A, a mobile lifestyle app. I'm not quite sure what that means. Uh, maybe in explaining what you consider the, 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 the big trends or what you think the big trends uh, you know, in in social and messaging and uh, in platform building, as far as the apps is concerned, what do you consider the big things? And what what on earth is a mobile is a mobile lifestyle app in your in your view? So when we started, we felt that um, you're not going to download 500 apps, and if you do, you're not going to use 500 apps. So uh, we felt you needed to aggregate aggregate the apps a little bit more. And um, when we say mobile lifestyle, it's literally we want people to pick up their phone and say, "What is happening around me?" So you'll be able to see all the types of businesses you see, recreational and, bu- and business-to-business businesses and um, hospitals, doctors, lawyers, see all of that and see what they're doing and how they and communicate with them through the same app. Uh, look at your security situation, um, which is a hot topic in Africa at the moment and South Africa especially. Uh, look at your wards and how you're dealing with um, the, the, your, your um, uh, political party, who your councillor is. Whether you vote for them or not vote for them doesn't matter. You can still you still have a say, um, and that's in one place. And you're literally so you can immerse yourself in one place and say, okay, I can get all that information. All of it has an effect on my life. It makes my life easier. I can see what's happening down the road without going there and reading the blackboard from the business on the street. I can create um, a security incident. I can create a um, uh, a ward incident such as um, a faulty pavement or. Uh, there's a car broken down on my road. It's been there for three weeks. Um, so I actually have a say. So the lifestyle is everything. It's a digital lifestyle because it's all from your phone. Um, and obviously in the channels, we can have any channels. We can have, um, we're going to be doing it with the, you'll be able to find your local newspaper and read it uh, from your phone. Um, and uh, you'll be able to find your next door, next door, neighbor, uh, next door uh, area's local newspaper and read it from your phone. Listening to you, I, it almost feels like I'm speaking to someone at Facebook. <laughs> well, th- we've just come from the other end. I, I don't think I don't think the big players are ever going to solve the direct problems in each country. And in fact, they've been asked. Unless they acquire you guys or or, 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 or partner in some way. You never know. I I, I I highly doubt it. But um, they look at it from a global point of view. We're just coming from the gr- from the grassroots up. I mean, there is a meeting point in the middle of some sort. Um, but um, th- those companies have been asked to solve local problems. 
And why is WhatsApp being used to solve the try to solve the security problem in South, in, in South Africa at the moment? You know, the communication problem. It's because they don't. They, they, they. It's not a big enough problem for them. Yeah, uh, and in a negative way. Uh, you, you, you know, that's not their business. Yeah, and uh, Facebook being taken to task for prioritizing terrorist attacks in a certain country, but not say, uh, you know, the disappearance of of, of or human trafficking in another. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay, so given that, what, what sort of big trends do you anticipate in that space to see? I mean, put your futurist cap on. What do you expect to see in the future? The future you're obviously positioning to be a part of. What, what, do, you, what do you expect? First off, one of the things that's, that um, has to happen and how quickly it happens will be very interesting to see is the, is the um, pervasiveness of smartphones. Um, there is still a big challenge in Africa for... Uh, for that, I mean, they're still producing lots of feature phones, and um, the cost of your your internet, so the sort of digital divide, which is slowly but surely being overcome. And I see everybody using their phones hourly for whatever reason it suits them at that point in time. And I, I believe people will be running their lives from their mobile devices. Okay, so you're you're betting on mobile. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If there's anyone out there who's interested in uh, in Africa or anywhere else in the world um, who's interested in talking to us, please contact us. Um, if you want to, please go and download it, have a look at it, ex experience it. There, we've only just started. In fact, I've only I've been recently to Zimbabwe talking to a couple of large businesses up there who have an interest in, in rebranding it. Um, we are looking at through the Trumpet platform for, for IoT, Internet of Everything. We're linking up cameras. We're linking up various devices. And we can link up anything that makes sense. Um, so we are trying to create a Trumpet world. Well then, thanks to Charles Murray of Trumpet for speaking to me. And like he said, try out the app to see if he's right uh, about Trumpet's value proposition in this very saturated social media-driven world we live in. Uh, of course, that's Trumpet with a double T at the beginning. And if you're keen to engage with him regarding partnerships with his platform, uh, you can give him a shout using his email, which is charles at fastcom.co.za. Fastcom with a double M. I see you like the double letters, the double T for Trumpet, uh, the double M in Fastcom. That's charles at fastcom. And to hear the full conversation I had with Charles, uh, do head to our SoundCloud account at soundcloud.com forward slash African Tech Roundup. Uh, you'll find it in the Quick Chats playlist or find the link on our Twitter and Facebook accounts. It should be up there for you. Right then, once again, this episode of the African Tech Roundup is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is offering listeners of the African Tech Roundup a 30-day free trial to put their service to the test. FreshBooks is the easy-to-use invoicing software designed to help freelancers and small business owners get organized, save time invoicing, and get paid faster. Find out what all the fuss is about by trying it for free at gofreshbooks.com forward slash African Tech. And that's it for this week, folks. Do catch the show again next week, Monday, on africantechroundup.com, 9 a.m. Central African Time. In the meantime, I'm Andile Masugu. Take it easy, Africa. Thank you.